Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Lancet Infectious Diseases podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. Today we discuss a paper on antibiotic use in Eastern Europe. Now, to get into this, I'm joined on the phone by one of the paper's lead authors, Herman Gusens. Herman, welcome. Great to have you on the show. Thank you, and and great to discuss the paper with you. My first question. Now, we hear a lot about the way antibiotics are consumed. Could you briefly explain the aim of the study? Yes, well, the aim of the study was basically to compare antibiotic use in 12 non-EU European countries and Kosovo and compare also antibiotic use in these countries with countries of the European Union. So altogether, we were looking at antibiotic use in uh, 42 countries of Europe. And by comparing countries and by comparing the antibiotic use, you should be able to identify misuse, underuse, inappropriate use, and therefore quality indicators to improve antibiotic use. And that was basically what we wanted to do, to collect antibiotic use and then to identify inappropriate prescribing and also, of course, to provide a method or tool or a means to measure the effect of interventions, which will hopefully happen after this paper. You report on first-time patterns of antibiotic consumption in non-European Union and Eastern European countries. Can you explain how you compared countries to each other and then maybe the main findings of the study? Well, what we uh, did was, first of all, to identify data sources, which was quite a challenge in these countries, and then uh, develop a method for validation of these data. And we wanted to be in line also with a method that we had developed in the past for the European Union, so that we basically end up with a methodology that could be used across the whole European continent, and I think we managed to do so. So what we found was that antibiotic use ranged enormously, let's say from 15 DDDs per thousand inhabitants per day for Armenia, which is one of the lowest consuming countries, to uh, 42 DDDs per thousand inhabitants per day for Turkey. And actually, Turkey was the highest consuming country in the whole of the European region that we have investigated. Thank you. Could you describe what the higher and the lowest use could be related to with reference to Turkey and Armenia? Well, that's a difficult question. Um, It was indeed surprising to us, but also to the Turkish government and to the Turkish colleagues that they were such a high prescribing country or high antibiotic use country. And it was also surprising that Armenia was very low. Probably for Armenia, antibiotic use or low antibiotic use might relate to underuse because of limited access to antibiotics, let's say for a substantial proportion of the population, particularly in rural regions and among the poor people. There was another country with very low antibiotic use, Belarus, and we feel that in this situation, in this country, this might actually reflect better health services which remained affordable for virtually everyone after the collapse of the Soviet model of healthcare. So looking back now to Turkey, it's very difficult and we need some more qualitative research to understand why there is such high use in Turkey. I can, I can imagine a number of reasons. It could be due to, let's say, promotion by the industry. It could be due to cultural factors. 
Uh, it could be due to misbelief about about antibiotics and the fact that antibiotics can cure any respiratory infection, including actually flu, uh, which is of course caused by viruses and for which obviously uh, antibiotics are very often taken by uh, by patients. It could be a lack of knowledge. Um, it could be a lack of trust towards doctors. So there are many reasons which could explain this excessive use of antibiotics in countries like Turkey. But we really need some qualitative research now to understand uh, the reasons for this very high use. Thank you. Why in some countries quinolones or combinations of amoxicillin and beta-lactamase inhibitors have been used as first-line treatments for infections despite the current, and I'd say pretty you know, strict guidelines, recommending these drugs for second-line treatment only? Could you comment on this? Well, in some countries, we noticed that amoxicillin was widely used, uh, particularly in the uh, newly independent uh, states or the former Soviet Union states, except Georgia. But in all of the other countries, uh, amoxicillin was widely used. It was also widely used in the um, southern and eastern European uh, countries in Kosovo. But we also noticed that in countries like, for instance, Georgia, amoxicillin clavonic acid was very, very popular. And that is not in line with the uh, European guidelines. Um, and these guidelines uh, for community-acquired lower respiratory tract infections in Europe recommend the use of amoxicillin or tetracycline. Uh, and so, therefore, clearly these countries are, uh, let's say, prescribing or using the wrong drug, but also uh, use these drugs in too high amounts. Thanks. Could we look at the former Soviet countries in a little more detail? So it's said that half of the antibiotics were sold over the counter. How can an appropriate use of antibiotics be achieved? Well, that's going to be a big challenge because indeed in uh, many of these countries, selling antibiotics over the counter represented, based on our uh, survey in these countries, more than 50% of antibiotics sold in pharmacies. So that is a big challenge, and it means that a lot of patients, when they have, for instance, flu, basically go to the pharmacy or the drugstore and buy the drugs without any prescription. That is a big concern, and it's going to be a big challenge to get these figures down. I can num think of a number of ways of doing so, um, and, for instance, we could achieve this by implementing regulatory instruments. Uh, we could do this by uh, organizing public awareness campaigns and increase the knowledge of the population about the fact that actually most flu infections are caused by viruses and not by bacteria. Or we can enhance efforts in educating the healthcare providers, the doctors, and also the pharmacists towards uh, appropriate prescribing and or uh, not selling uh, these uh, drugs without a prescription. But nevertheless, it's going to be a big challenge, and it's also clearly a reason or main reason for excessive use of antibiotics in, for instance, these uh, former Soviet Union countries. Something else we discovered, and we was quite intriguing, and we had not expected this at all, is the fact that in the former Soviet Union countries, there was a very high parenteral use of antibiotics, so injectable use of antibiotics, uh, mainly ampicillin and uh, ciftaraxone. And we talked to these countries, we talked to the 
colleagues and the experts of these countries, and they were saying that it's common practice in these former Soviet Union countries to buy antibiotics, to buy ampules of antibiotics in the pharmacy, and then to find somebody in the family who will basically give an injection a day of, uh, for instance, ampicillin for 10 days in case of uh, flu. So that seems to be a culture issue. People seem to think that they will cure faster when they are being injected with an antibiotic, although, of course, this is complete nonsense because, first of all, most of these infections are viral infections, and secondly, you don't need to have an injection, even if it's a bacterial infection, to cure a respiratory infection with bacteria in outpatients. Wow, that truly is remarkable to think that that practice is still taking place to this day. And on that note, actually, I think